Welcome to the Coastline Podcast. We exist as a church to help connect you to God and the people around you, to help you grow in your faith, and to challenge you to go into your community sharing the love of Christ. Three things, connect, grow, go. If you'd like information on what is going on at Coastline, follow us on Instagram and Facebook, or email us at hello at coastlinensb.com. All right, so this morning, if, uh, if you're hanging out with us, whether it's online uh, or in person, uh, I'm going to be preaching out of the book of Luke. And so if you've got a Bible, you can turn there. We're going to be in the first chapter of Luke. Um, if you don't have a physical Bible, man, I use a fantastic app on my phone. Uh, it's, I think if you search it in the app store, it's called Holy Bible. Uh, and it has tons of great features. I want to challenge you to maybe follow along with us on your phone. Uh, only because if you do that here, it's an opportunity that you might learn and how to do it outside of the 70 minutes that we spend together in church on Sunday. So if you want to follow along, you can. Uh, specifically there, if it's hard to like search for what we're talking about, you can go to live events or the events part uh, of that app and find Coastline. And you can actually, all the scriptures that I'm going to be preaching on today are going to be right in that app. Uh, the book of Luke uh, is one of my favorite books in the gospel. It's located in the New Testament, uh, and it's, uh, it's one of the gospels. It's one of the, 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 the stories that describes specifically the life of Jesus. Now, Luke is unique because uh, Luke was, did not get a firsthand account. He, he wasn't a, he's not describing firsthand knowledge of Jesus' life. Luke did a a fantastic job, and he did an exhaustive historical investigation about the life of Jesus by talking to the people that saw Jesus and did life with Jesus during his time here, and then he wrote based off of that. Of the, the Gospels, of the story of Jesus, which is Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, Luke, I believe, gives one of the most detailed explanations and understandings, word picture, if you will, of what Jesus did and what Jesus said. Later on in the book of Colossians, we'd find out that Luke was actually a physician in his time. And so based, because of his uh, uh, intellect, because of his capacity, you start to see that quite a bit through his writings in the book of Luke. If you and your family are looking to go through the Christmas story here this season, I want to challenge you. I think the, the, the book of Luke is a great place a great place to start. And so we're going to be kicking that off. We're going to be kicking off the story of Jesus through the book of Luke, chapter 1, and we're going to be starting in verse 26. And we're just going to go through probably the next 10 to 15 verses and explain a little bit about what God's doing through his people, and specifically preparation for what's to come in Jesus uh, through some crazy, crazy miracles. And so Luke chapter 1, verse 26 says this. In the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy. Now, real quick, we don't know who Elizabeth is yet, so I want to give you a little context. We're going to find out later that Elizabeth is one of the relatives of Mary, who's going to be the main character that we talk about today. Uh, Not only is she one of the relatives, though, but she will also come to find out she is pregnant at this time with with who will become John the Baptist. John the Baptist is the one that kind of prepared the way for Jesus. And so come to find out John the Baptist and Jesus are related at some point. And so we, in the sixth month of Elizabeth's pregnancy for John the Baptist, it says this, it says that God sent the angel Gabriel to Nazareth, a village in Galilee, specifically to a virgin named Mary, who's where we're going to talk about today. 
says that she was engaged to be married to a man named Joseph, a descendant of King David. Now, it's important for you to know the reason why Luke is being so descriptive with these things is because there is some miracles that we see of the, the connections and networking between Elizabeth, between John the Baptist, and specific, specifically even between uh, King David and who Mary is going to marry and Joseph. Because we see in the past that there's prophecies that have been foretold that there will come a king from the lineage of King David, and he will be king, and his kingdom will never end. And so specifically, Luke is set, he's teeing it up, he's setting up to, to communicate to us about this story, and he's saying, like, this is a story that has started long, long time ago. That's how every good story should start, right? A long, long time ago. And so we read on, it says this, and, and it says, uh, Gabriel appealed, appeared to her, Gabriel was the angel, I want you to picture in your mind, when we talk about this, this angel named Gabriel, he's an archangel. He's not, he's not the precious moments, little chubby baby angel in a diaper with wings, right? That's, this is not the type of angel that we're talking about. We're talking about like, like warrior angel, right? Like, like, like I, don't, I, don't, I don't even know what the... Like the guys from 300 don't even like account to this. You know what I'm saying? They don't have like, they probably don't have six packs. They got like 10 packs. Not me. I got like a two liter. You know, it's just like all connected. But anyway, that's a terrible dad joke. Erica's going to get mad at me later on. Man. So these angels, these, these guys are, are bad mamma jammas, dude. They are not anything. Uh, this is, every time that an angel appeared before anyone in the Bible, it's always followed with the angel telling the person, don't be afraid. And the reason is, is because these were scary-looking dudes. There's parts in the Bible where it describes the angels that their bodies glowed like the coals and embers in a fire that there was like flashes of lightning as they moved. And so God sends this angel Gabriel, which is one of the chief angels, the warrior angel, comes down to Mary, this, this woman in, living in a humble part of the world, from humble, she, she was not, it was not this thing where she was like the successful you know, daughter of a, of, a, of a leader, of the mayor, or of anything like that. Just a normal everyday woman, he sends this angel to communicate to her. It says this, it says uh, that the angel appeared to her and said, greetings, favored woman, the Lord is with you. And we hear right here, it says, it says that Mary was confused and disturbed. It says confused and disturbed, Mary tried to think what the angel could mean. Don't be afraid, Mary, the angel told her. For you have found favor with God. Before we move any further, when I, when I hear that part of confused and disturbed, I, I connect with that. I, you know, I've never, um, I've never met an angel before, never seen an angel. I, I'm not holy enough for that or, or something. For some reason, God's never blessed me enough to see an angel. Uh, mostly probably because, like, I mean, think about it in your brain. Like, if you woke up this morning, like, before coffee, before anything else, and, and all of a sudden there's just this, warrior angel in your living room. Like, I'm gonna have to get a change of drawers, right? That's gonna be a tough, that's gonna be a tough start, tough start to the morning. Never, never experienced that. 
but says that Mary was confused and disturbed. And the only thing that I can equate that to is I know that there's been times in my life in which maybe God didn't send an angel to communicate something to me, but maybe he sent the Holy Spirit. Maybe he didn't tell me audibly, Brian, I want you to go do this, but, but through a nudging in the Holy Spirit communicated to me, Brian, I'm, I want you to go and do this. I want you to take a step into something that's, that's maybe bigger than what you are right now. I want you to take a step into something that maybe you, you haven't planned for or prepared for in your life. But, but I want to challenge you to go to the next level. And because there's so many different pieces missing in that to that, get to that next point, I felt that feeling of being confused and, and disturbed and trying to understand, like, man, that, this just doesn't make sense. And I'm reminded when I, when I see this, when I've heard the rest of the story, that sometimes when that happens in our life, when God shows us opportunity, when, God nudge, when the Holy Spirit nudges our spirit to, to step into something that is bigger than us, and it might not make sense yet, that it's okay to go through a time of confusion. That it's not, that's not one of those things where we're just going to get it right away. And it doesn't mean that we should give up. It just means that God is at work. I felt this feeling when uh, Eric and I, uh, when I felt like the Holy Spirit told Eric and I to start Coastline Church. See, when we got started, we, we didn't have, you know, 50 volunteers that helped out set, do set up and tear down all the time. We didn't have a great uh, resource of some fantastic elders behind us or, or a fantastic core team. We didn't have even a place to do it. We had nothing. So to, to hear God say, like, hey, this is, what I want to, this is what I want to see you get started in this area of the world that I've put you in. It's, it's easy to, to have a sense of confusion at first. But as we hold on to our faith in him, we believe that the best is still yet to come. It's okay to not understand. It's okay to be confused at first. But hold on for what's next. Sure enough, we see that that that's exactly what was happening with the story of Mary. There were some pieces missing that she didn't understand yet. And so Luke chapter 1, verse 31, the angel continues. He says, you will conceive and give birth to a son, and you will name him Jesus. He will be very great and will be called the Son of the Most High Lord God, or the Most High. The Lord God will give him the throne of his ancestors, David, and he will reign over Israel forever and the kingdom, or reign over Israel forever, and his kingdom will never end. Here the angel starts to, to communicate to her, there's something coming that the Lord wants to, to birth out of you that's going to change the world as you know it. It's going to change the world that you're in. And as I read that this past week, I thought that I feel like sometimes the Holy Spirit, I feel like for many of us even here today, the Holy Spirit is still communicating this to you now. And so the only question I'm going to ask you today, the only question that we're going to stick with through the rest of this message is this, is what is the Lord trying to birth in you? What's the thing that's, that's bigger than what you would expect right now, bigger than what you can comprehend? Maybe you don't understand what the next pieces are, but there's a step that you're supposed to take and and you feel like, hey, I'm supposed to be here, but I don't, I don't, know, what's, I don't know what's going on in between. 
It might be a job situation. It might be you stepping out in faith into a, a, a different position or a different job. It might be having something to do with a relationship that you're in. Maybe there's some, some fences that need to be mended, or maybe there's some, some things that need to have some healing come along. But I guarantee you right now that the Holy Spirit has been or is trying to nudge something in you to birth something out of you that will change the world that you're in. We've got to decide in our own hearts, decide for ourselves, will we allow him to do it? Will we, will we hold on to the hope that as we surrender to him that the best is still yet to come? I'm reminded that uh, when it comes to life, when it comes to the way that God plans things, that, that God's ways are completely different than man's ways. The way I would go about things are completely different than maybe how God would go about things. I'm thankful that God does it his way and not my way. Because I'm telling you right now, where I'm at in life and, and the way I've seen things unfold, his ways are always better than our ways. Sure enough, we see this uh, when it comes to, uh, to Mary in Luke chapter, uh, uh, Luke chapter one through, or Luke chapter one, verse 34. And I think about this as we get into the new year, as we, as we get ready for this new season that we're going into, this, this idea of birthing something new in us. Luke chapter 1, verse 34 says this, says, Mary asked the angel, but how can this happen? Because I'm a virgin. She recognizes that there's, there's some pieces that are missing. She recognizes that she doesn't have the experience to get to what the angel's saying the Lord wants her to be at. And, and I think that's an okay place for us to be. I think many times we get in our own heads and we think, man, I can't take this step because I'm unqualified. I can't take this step because I don't have the skill level yet. I can't take this step because it's too much work or I don't have enough time. There's something that's missing. What we'll see is, is if you read through Read through the Gospel of Luke. It's literally story after story after story of how God and Jesus picked someone who was not qualified, who did not have enough, and instilled in them the things that they needed to get to where they're going next. You would have stories of, of guys like Peter, who was a fisherman, who was not an intellectual, who would go on to start the early church, and that Jesus would say, my church is built on this rock. He was referring to Peter, the one that didn't have enough uh, intellect to finish school. He went out and started fishing like his old man had done before. You see guys like Matthew, who Matthew was so greedy, he was literally stealing from his own people. But later on, we'd see Jesus would use him to continue on and to charge the church with what they were supposed to do. It's all right that there's a piece missing. It's for us to understand that, that that void that's missing is where the Holy Spirit comes in. That void that's missing, that's where God wants to come in. He says, like, hey, I know. I know, I know that there's something separating you. I know that there's an experience. Mary's like, hey, I, like, there's pieces that have got to happen for me to have a baby. I haven't done these things yet. There's, how am I going to get to where you're saying I'm going to go? This is where the Holy Spirit, this is where God comes into our lives, and God can do greater things through us than what we can do through ourselves. 
The angel replied in verse 35, he says, the Holy Spirit will come upon you and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the baby will be born, that will be born will be holy and, you, and he will be called the Son of God. I think when it comes to whatever, you're, whatever the Holy Spirit's trying to birth in you or birth through you, I think there's a couple things that you gotta know. It's okay if you feel like something's missing because that's where the Holy Spirit's gonna come in and he's going to bridge the gap. He's going to get you through. He's going to get you beyond what you think you're capable of. The second thing that you've got to remember is that when it comes to whatever he's birthing through you, that you're not alone in it. That's part of what the responsibility of the church is for. That's part of even, the, even what my job is. A couple, um, couple months ago, about six months ago, I had um, one, one of the greatest guys that we have here at Coastline. Man, he loves the Lord. He serves the church. Man, he's so incredibly humble, so smart. Um, came to me. His name's Terry Pugh. Terry Pugh, you probably see him at, uh, on the, in the breezeway or in the lobby. Uh, he greets almost every week. Terry came to me and said, man, he said, Brian, I don't, I don't know what I'm supposed to do with this, but God's given me a passion to try to help people take their next steps. He's, he's given me this passion to try to help people identify, like, what the things that they're good at. What are their spiritual gifts? You know, the, the Bible talks about that when it comes to us as the body of believers, that many of us have different skills, right? Uh, I, I have the skill or I have the, the ability, maybe the strength to, to communicate. I've got, I've got charisma. I, I enjoy connecting with people in this fashion. I'm very relational. The thing that I am not is administrative. Man, I am not, I am the worst detailed. Like, you don't ever want to look at my calendar. It looks terrible, like, it would give people stress and anxiety. Sometimes I let guys like TJ into my world and tell them what's going on. He's like, bro, I can't even do this. I need to go take something right now. We all have different skills. We all have different weaknesses. But part of what the church's job is is to put these pieces together so that we complement and help out each other. Some of the greatest marriages that I've ever seen in my entire life are people that, that one, guy, one person will have a strength that that other person is weak in, and this person will have a strength that this person is weak in, but they fit together perfectly. It's exactly what we're supposed to be in the church. What you're going through, what you're getting birthed through you, you're not in it alone. The Holy Spirit wants to come in, and he wants to fill that void. He wants to help you to get to that next place. But also, us here in the church, we have a responsibility to help each other. That's, that's, what, we, that's what we live for. Especially our staff. I'm going to tell you right now, I don't know how many conversations we've had in staff meeting about, like, literally our job is to help people get to the place where God's trying to get them to be. We see this specifically, this type of encouragement through Elizabeth to Mary. In Luke chapter 1, verse 36, we go on and we see that uh, what's more, the angel reveals, he says, your, your relative, Elizabeth, has become pregnant in her old age. People used to say she was barren, but then she conceived a son, or then, but, but she will conceive a son and is now in her sixth month of pregnancy. For the word of God will never fail. I can't help but think that Mary at this place where she's about ready to go through this, this tough thing, this tough part of growth as, as God's literally birthing something through her, that he connects her to somebody that has already gone through it. That she connects her with someone that's already down the way by six months. It's the importance of us helping out 
each other. It's importance of us. The, the reason why we do small groups all throughout the week here at Coastline is because we understand that you growing, you getting to what the next place is, is less about you hearing a message on a Sunday as much as you connecting with one another and sharpening each other and encouraging each other with what the Holy Spirit is trying to birth through you. You never know the power of a testimony and how it will encourage someone else through what they're going through. You look through the Gospels and literally these stories, I'm getting a little off topic, but it's all right, stick with me. The, the, these, these Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John is literally testimony. It's story of what God and what Jesus had done in people's lives and they were telling other people. If you ever get to the point you're intimidated, saying, Brian, I can't talk to someone else about Jesus because I don't know the word good enough. Well, one, I would tell you, start studying the word. Open your Bible app. But secondly, just tell people about what Jesus has done in you. It doesn't, that's not a biblical thing. That's, that's your own experience. That's what Jesus is doing and birthing through you. Tell people about that. Because she's with Elizabeth, she's encouraged or because she, because she's known Elizabeth is going through it with her, she's encouraged. Here comes the big, the part that Mary can play in this. This is the decision that she has. Is, is she going to allow this? Is she just going to accept this? Is she going to receive this? Or is she going to turn away? And it's the same, it's the same choice that we have. When it comes to what the Holy Spirit's trying to birth in you, when he's, when he's trying to get you to the next step that you got to take, he's never going to force it on you. It's a choice and a decision that you're going to make. We see that Mary responds with this. She says, I'm the Lord's servant. May everything you have said about me come true. And then the angel left. Here we see, we observe the gift that we're talking about today, which is the gift of hope. She says, all that you have described, in spite of the pieces that I'm missing, in spite of my lack of preparation, in spite of my lack of experience, I accept what God wants to do in me. She says, I have hope for the future of what the outcome is going to look like. That's what I, my hope is for you as you experience whatever your Christmas miracle is this year. Whatever it is that God's trying to birth in you. Maybe it's, I, I want to challenge you to think beyond the physical understanding of the life that we live. To, to think past the, the, the limitations that we have, even, even in when you look at your finances. Kingdom math is, is completely different than the physical math that we experience each and every day. What you're capable of through the Holy Spirit, through God, is, is far greater than what you think you, what you actually think that you're capable of. And so I want to challenge you to open yourself up to allow God to birth something through you that is a miracle, that is amazing. For some of you today, that thing that he's trying to birth might be, maybe it's the idea of a new business. Maybe it's a new business venture. Maybe it's, maybe it's the, the idea of being shifted in the business that you're in already. Maybe you've already had these ideas and you're thinking, but I don't, I don't know if I've got the tools. I don't know if I've, I've got the experience yet to, be do this, to do this. 
I want to challenge you to understand that, man, through God, all things are possible. Let the Holy Spirit come in and fill that void to be able to get you through that time that he's trying to birth in you. Maybe for some of you, it's a, it's a relationship. Maybe there's a relationship that fell apart down the way or something, and, and, and you have hopes of there being some type of, of, of mending of, of people coming together. Maybe, it's, maybe you have a son or a daughter that has fallen away from a relationship with Jesus, and you've been praying for them. Maybe there's something you're supposed to be doing in that. For some of you, it might be something in your body. Maybe it's, maybe it's a, 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 a physical healing thing that your miracle is, man, I, I'm not a doctor, I don't know what, but I, I know that the way I'm feeling right now is not how I should be feeling, and, and, and there's something better down the road. To hold on to the hope of saying, God, I'm going to let you come in and help me through this. For some of you, I believe that the, the, the thing that's keeping you from Allowing God to birth something in you is, is maybe your, your inability to step out into the uncomfortable. I want to challenge you to, to push past that. For some of you, the thing that maybe, maybe God's trying to birth in you is maybe you've, you've had an idea in the past or you have an idea right now of, of starting a small group or doing something in the ministry, doing something in church. You're like, Brian, I've, I've never, I don't have the, the tools or the resources or the know-how. I just have this thing of I feel like God's telling me to do it. I mean, this is where the church comes in. This is where we're supposed to help each other. You don't have to have all the pieces together. Maybe it's you taking the next step when it comes to, to serving on the crew. Maybe you're at a... Maybe it's serving on the crew and you're like, man, I don't, I don't know... I don't know what I'm doing. I don't know how to run tech. I don't know how to do, do any of this setup and tear down stuff. I don't have enough time. I don't have the talent. I want to challenge you to, to open up yourself to what God would have for you. I promise you he can do more with you than what you can do through yourself. Your schedule right now, it might not show it. But I promise you. He'll do more with what you have and what you can do by yourself. The Bible doesn't say, but scholars believe that Mary was somewhere between 14 and 17 years old when she gave birth to Jesus. She had not experienced much life. She had not had the time to properly plan and prepare. On top of that, we're getting to something here next where, I mean, she didn't even, was, she, you think about a birthing plan. I mean, she was in a manger or in a stable, gave birth to Jesus in a manger. That's not nobody's birthing plan. But just because she says to God, my hope is in you. My faith and trust is in you. Because of, a, because of a very young woman just saying, God, okay, what he birthed out of her would change the world that we live in. And I'm here to tell you, the church, that he still wants to do miracles like that today. You don't understand how much 
God can use you to affect the world that you're in if you'll just say, okay. If you'll just take the next step. If it wasn't for Shannon and Blaine and taking the next step in helping out in kids' ministry, I might not have been impacted as much as I was about the story of Jesus taught to me on my level in a fun way, and it might not have led me to where I'm at now, 30-something years ago. They didn't have enough time. Their schedule was too jam-packed. But because they said, okay, God, what what do you want to happen? My life was changed. Because of Erica 15 years ago, in spite of going through college and having a full-time job and dealing with life on our own, someone coming and saying, hey, we helped me in the, the cafe this Sunday? And her saying, man, I'm busy. I got a lot going on, but, but okay. Because one step of okay, her life was changed forever. My life has been changed forever. The Holy Spirit's trying to birth something out of you, and he's just waiting for you to say, okay. At the end of this communication, uh, Mary goes to Elizabeth, and she tells her about what she has happened, and Elizabeth tells her about what's going on in her life, and to confirm that, like, yes, I'm pregnant. And it says that Mary sings this song of praise, which I think resonates with us here today. Luke chapter 1, verse 46, the back end of that verse, it says, Oh, how my soul praises the Lord, how my spirit rejoices in God my Savior. For he took notice of his lowly servant girl, and from now on all generations will call me blessed. For the mighty one is holy, and he has done great things for me. He shows mercy from generation to generation to all who fear him. His mighty arm has done tremendous things. He scattered the proud and the haughty ones. He brought down princes from their thrones and exalted the humble. He's filled the hungry with good things and sent the rich away with empty hands. He has helped his servant Israel and remembered to be merciful for he made this promise to our ancestors, to Abraham and his children forever. You, you might not have a plan. But prayer will go further than a plan. You might, you, might have, you might not have prepared. But maybe maybe praise is a substitute. We see Mary sings a song of praise. And so when you're feeling overwhelmed, when you feel like there's something missing, when you're feeling like you can't get through what you're going through, I want to challenge you to surrender and say, God, okay, whatever you want to happen, that's what's going to happen. And in prayer and in praise, we have hope and we believe that a miracle is to come. With every head bowed, every eye closed, uh, I want to challenge you with this. If you're here today, you say, Brian, I don't have a relationship with Jesus. I'm, I feel separated from him. I've maybe just been coming to church and checking it out for a while. I want to tell you that what we celebrate this Christmas season is a miracle that's changed the world. 
not just through religion, but through individuals. He has changed my life for the better and has done more with me than what I could do with myself. And if you're here today, anyone accept him as your own Lord, personal and Savior, I want to invite you to repeat this after me. Maybe you say it to yourself. Jesus, I thank you for what you did on the cross. I know that I've sinned. I know that I've messed up. I surrender my life to you. I know that you lived a sinless life. You suffered a sinner's death. But in doing so, you took on the weight of my sin and my shame. Today, I accept you as my own Lord, personal Savior. Have your way in me. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Let me pray for you, Coastline, before we leave here this morning. Heavenly Father, I thank you so much for how you're working in us and through us. I thank you for the things that your Holy Spirit is communicating to us even right now, the things that you're trying to birth through us, the next steps you're trying to get us to take. In spite of the fear of failure, in spite of the fear of not having the things that we need now, God, I pray that you would charge us and challenge us, give us the courage that we need to push through. Today, in just one voice, we say, okay whatever you want to happen. Because our hope is not in the world. Our hope is not in physical. Our hope is not in our planning and preparation. Our hope is in you. Thank you for what's to come. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. As always, Coastline, know that you are loved and that the best is yet to come.